and welcome to another edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunter, czar of the playbook. Be sure to follow me on all of my social media accounts, and don't forget to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network located at youtube.com slash footballgameplan. Also subscribe on iTunes to Football Game Plan Podcast and leave us a five-star rating. And we're just going to keep this thing rolling right along our 2020 NFL Draft prospect interviews. And today, joined by one of my favorites, and that's Graham Adamitis out of Princeton. Graham, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Emery. Uh, glad to be on the on the show. I uh, appreciate you having me. Well, it's always good to talk to uh, someone from a prestigious university that has a unique and uh, historic football background. So we're just going to jump right into it and talk about tight end you. Because here's the thing about Princeton right now. You guys have five guys in the NFL. Uh, yes, sir. You're going to be the fifth guy. Five guys playing a tight end position. Uh, you know, it speaks to the job that Coach Sarace has done with that program and, and not only recruiting you guys, but developing you guys along the way. So I want to start there. How beneficial was it for you to go to Princeton? And how much do you think Princeton helped in your development to become a pro prospect? Uh, it helped me. It helped me a ton. Um, and I think I, I think all four of the guys currently in the NFL would, would say the same. Um, you know, it's it's a place that we all knew was going to push us to our limits, both you know on the field and in the classroom, uh, socially, just developing as as young men. But especially when it comes to the program that Coach Race and his staff um, has uh, you know have started to build, um, I'd say that you know each guy kind of comes into Princeton. You know, we speaking for myself and the the four other guys, uh, tight ends currently in NFL. Um, you know, all kind of came in with maybe a couple other scholarship offers, maybe a, a power five offer, but, you know, mostly guys that are getting recruited at the FCS level. And we kind of buy into just the, the entire, the program of kind of learning from the guys ahead of us, um, and just continuing to develop year by year. And I feel like that was something, you know, I, I definitely saw in myself each year playing five seasons there. Um, you know, I kind of grew and developed, um, in different parts of my game and with my, with my body um, each year. And I feel like just that, that commitment and the, the kind of um, example that guys ahead of me set, you know, it's, it's easy to follow. It's a group of great guys. It's a great group of guys to learn from. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really, it's really a great thing we got going right now at Princeton. And uh, I know there's going to be more great players coming out of uh, this program. And you have a unique background yourself because you're coming from a tight end rich area of the country in Pittsburgh. You talk about some of the great yeah. tight ends that have come out that area and playing either at Pitt or, you know, playing um, for the Steelers. But when you talk about the position, people right now are just talking about it as a bigger wide receiver. But the reason why I became impressed with your game is because of the work that you do in line as a blocker. I've never seen someone be more explosive as a blocker than you are as a player. Is that something you take pride in? And was that something that you already had going into Princeton? Uh, well, first I'll say, I'll say thanks for uh, the praise there. I appreciate that. And I would definitely say it's something I take pride in um, that I think can, you know, has and can continue to kind of separate me from the pack. And I feel like that, that actually was kind of instilled in me um, in high school. You know, I had played, uh, I was actually a quarterback um, my whole life kind of then basically once my, my junior year came around in high school, uh, started to learn some other positions and, um, started playing a lot of tight end. And 
Um, you know, at Central Catholic, the high school I went through here in Pittsburgh, we were a we were a you know throw three to five times uh, kind of offense. So I had to learn uh, how to block, you know, how to power block for the power and the counter and everything. So right off the bat, learning the tight end position, blocking was emphasis for me. And I knew I, I had the athleticism in the hands to, you know, make plays with the ball whenever my name was called. And I kind of just took that into college, you know, trying to get bigger and stronger and more fundamentally sound, especially at the uh, college level, once you're just playing with, with better, um, you know, more physical guys. Um, so it's definitely something I tried to, um, you know, kind of take pride in. And like I said, sort of use to, to separate myself from other guys who, one may not be as willing or just two, you know, haven't had as many, um, you know, reps and everything as I had in the blocking game. So it's definitely something, um, you know, I've come to, to love doing. Um, and, you know, I think it's become a big uh, part of my game. You know, they say you could learn a lot about a player by watching how well he plays without the ball and how much he cares about his teammates with how well he plays without the ball. And, and the fact of the matter is that in this era of, you know, playmakers and everybody wants to ball and everybody wants to score and you're out there doing a lot of great work in the blocking department and people will probably look at that and say oh well he's just a you know a blocking tight end but that doesn't mean you are not a great receiving option as a tight end as well so how do you how do you answer those questions to people that may just look at the box score and say well he didn't catch a lot of passes so He's just a blocker, but when really you weren't asked to do a lot in the passing game, you were asked to do a lot more in line. And when your number was called, you answered that call. Right, exactly. And, and uh, to those questions, I you know I just kind of say, I I tried to excel at whatever I was asked to do. So you know, throughout my career at Princeton, you know, as I as we kind of previously talked about, we had a ton of great weapons I was playing with. So you know, not often did the tight ends number have to get called. It was, you know, guys that are now in the NFL, you know, getting more carries, more touches. And I felt like whenever my number was called in the, uh, in the passing game, you know, I was, I was there to, to answer the call and, and make a play um, whenever that may have been. But I was also, uh, I was always just a guy who, I mean, I love football. So I just wanted to, to keep winning and do whatever, um, you know, the team needed uh, to, to make sure we had our best chance at winning. So, yeah, and I, I know that, you know, just because a lot of the tape, you know, shows me moving around, doing a lot of blocking, it's uh, making plays in the, the passing game and, um, you know, being an athletic open target is something I continue to work on, trying to get bigger, faster, stronger, more agile, more explosive um, so that I can continue to develop as a receiver um, and, and, you know, hopefully continue to get um, – you know, chances with the ball at the next level. And I'll, I mean, obviously know that just getting bigger and stronger is going to continue to help me in the, in the blocking game as well. It's interesting because, you know, people look at that and and, may, and they may say, well, how do, how do we know? But I feel like your case is similar to a lot of running backs. People look at the running backs and say, well, he, you know, he only caught two passes in college. So obviously he's not a, a receiver, but you can definitely catch the football. You can run routes. I've seen that. Uh, live and also the 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 main thing is you're working on this at practice so how do you go to develop your game or you know how do you go about developing your game while you know going into a game that hey I'm I'm not going to see the ball but I still have to be prepared in case I do get those opportunities so what goes on during the week to where you're preparing 
as if you're going to get 10 targets thrown your way. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, I'm definitely always involved in every sort of, you know, routes on air and pass catching drills that were, you know, the rest of the receivers and, and running backs and tight ends are taken apart uh, in. But I feel like something that I've always done just to develop my hands that I know a lot of guys um, in, in football's history have done, but I, I tried to make good friends with the jugs machine and I would be, <laughs> you know, maybe as, as my uh, career went on and I wasn't as, on as many special teams uh, later in the, my career, I, you know, would always be over on the jugs machine trying to, um, you know, just keep working on the hands. I know just something that the more reps you get, uh, the better you're going to more comfortable, you're going to feel catching the ball. So whenever I had a break in practice, um, you know, I'd kind of make my way over to the jugs machine or grab a quarterback, um, just ask, ask him to, you know, Hey, keep, keep throwing passes, keep hitting me, uh, in the hands, keep, keep working my, my hands so that when my time did come, you know, I was there to, to be a safety blanket for the quarterback, you know, be a big target with good hands. Um, that was going to be a reliable, uh, receiver whenever needed. I find a lot of the talk about your position, um, as far as blocking is concerned, it's funny coming from defensive ends, right? Because you see defensive ends talk about, oh, tight ends don't want to block. But the funny part is that defensive ends don't want to, you know, stop the run. And so <laughs> they talk about mostly they want to rush the passer, but they can't stop the run, which means they can't get off blocks. So what is it about a defensive end when you're game planning week to week? You notice about a guy, let's say from a technical standpoint, like, okay, I know this block will work best against him because because he does x y and z wrong Mm -hmm. so yeah it's uh it's been interesting um you know in in college you play and i i know this is similar to nfl but you play against a ton of different guys that are uh all different shapes and sizes you know you kind of you one week you know i might be against a, a defensive end that's six six with the long wingspan and you know 270 and i gotta uh figure out you know how i'm gonna get into his chest and maneuver against a, a longer guy you know some weeks then I'm, I'm going up against a you know a six foot real stout um you know super strong guy and I gotta make sure I'm getting low enough to get underneath his pad so it's stuff like that where you know kind of you look into all right what's this guy's measurables how's how's he um you know like to use his strengths and then I kind of counter that with okay you know I, I I see that you know this is one of his go-tos but I know if I you know, kind of counter that with, uh, you know, getting lower than him or getting my get, using the cadence to my advantage and getting off the ball quicker, getting my hands inside on a longer guy. Uh, just a little stuff like that, that, you know, I feel like I've taken thousands of reps now against all different, you know, kinds of players. And, and I definitely feel like kind of hone in on a couple more, you know, tricks or specialty uh, skills that, that can work against all kinds of different defensive ends. It's tough because you are a taller guy and, the, the one thing you see coaches preach about with tall players is leverage, leverage, leverage. But I think you consistently fire off the ball with great leverage and, and pad level and your hands are not widely, uh, wildly all over the place. You know, does that come from the repetition and, and the coaching that you got at Princeton and how you're able to maintain that level of leverage to where not only are you striking accurately, but you bring a lot of power with it. Right. And, and I, I truly do think that that just does come with, with repetitions. And I saw improvements in myself year by year. And I, I had a great um, tight ends coach at Princeton. So uh, Mike Willis played offensive line at Princeton and was my tight ends coach for the final four years of my career at Princeton. And with him being an offensive lineman um, in college, he was um, extremely um, you know, good at, at 
teaching all sorts of different run block and pass block techniques that, you know, I needed to know to be a successful blocking tight end. So, you know, when it came to practice in the film room, um, you know, I was able to just continue to get those physical and mental reps of just, you know, punching with the hands inside or coming off the ball low. Um, and, you know, in order to, for our offense to, to run smoothly, we need a tight end that, that could block. So I just, I knew, okay, you know, I, and wanted to get on the field any way I could. I wanted to help the team win. So that if that, you know, if I was going to do that, I had to, uh, you know, continue to, to improve my blocking game each year. And um, it was definitely fun to, to see the improvement. You know, each year as I got a little bigger, a little stronger, and a little better at technique, I started controlling guys more, not just, you know, winning on blocks, but maybe driving guys down the field or maybe, you know, getting a couple more pancakes here and there. So it was good to see uh, some of the rewards as well. It's interesting when you watched uh, when you watch guys at the Ivy League, uh, you know, in the Ivy League, compete and ball out, and people will look at the Ivy League and say, "Oh, well, they don't compete in the playoffs. Um, the level of competition is not that good." But when you look at the NFL, the Ivy League has 24 players in the NFL currently, <laughs> right now, and they lead the FCS. I know how talent rich the, the league is from top to bottom. But from a player's perspective, week in, week out, you're getting challenged by guys that are probably technically sound, they're consistent. That's probably a little bit more of a tougher challenge to deal with than the guy that may be bigger, stronger, faster, because the technique is something that's really hard to defend. So how good is the Ivy League from from your perspective, top to bottom, and how do you feel like that prepared uh, prepared you uh, for the NFL? Right. I, I mean, I would definitely say the Ivy League is is a uh, is a pretty underrated league just because we're not, you know, always uh, broadcast on TV for the national audience. But, um, you know, when people do uh, look into to the football and the quality of, of talent uh, we have, I know they're always impressed. And I mean, you see year in and year out, we have guys um, going to the to the NFL. And like you said, leading the FCS, um, you know, in uh and guys in the NFL. And I know, you know, coming out of high school, a lot of guys choose the Ivy league, um, over bigger schools. So it's not like we're, we're lacking, uh, uh talent in it. And it really takes a certain guy, I think, to, um, to play football in the Ivy league with the, uh, with the, not only football demands, but the high academic demands. So it's, you know, like you said, guys that are smart, know and know football and love football. Um, so it, it makes it that much more, competitive every week because we just get our 10 game schedule and we know hey end of the season they're going to crown a champion so each each week in and out um the games matter uh that much so it was it was definitely i mean i'm definitely glad i was able to be a, a part of such a historic and uh successful league like the ivy league but um yeah it, re- it really is a a great brand of football that we're putting out there i enjoy going to ivy league games or sometimes calling games when you, i usually do a Georgetown Columbia game, uh, you know, for Georgetown broadcast, I usually am on that call. Uh, but when I watch the Ivy League compete, I'm like, man, this is a good brand of football. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when I look at prospects, I'm looking at you know, like three games. Uh, I, I would say you know, I'll just pick three games at random and I'll let you tell the folks out there, you know, which game, if anyone wasn't, if, you know, people weren't familiar with what you bring to the table as a player, what game would you direct them to and why? Yeah, so I would, uh, I, I guess coming off this past season, um, 
I'd say the the, the Princeton uh, Columbia game in week three, um, we you know that was a a conference opener for us. So it you know both teams um, you know excited for you know open up the conference play because like I was saying each each game matters so much uh, when it comes down to the you know crowning the Ivy League champ. So yeah, it was you know week three coming into our um, you know home conference opener against a conference rival. Um, you know, teams that have kind of traded wins and losses the past couple of years. I ended up being a close game. We ended up winning, I believe, is twenty-one to ten. Um, and felt like that game. Um, you know, I was I was going up against a a, a great defensive end um, who I know, you know, might be getting the, um, a chance in the to play at the NFL as well. Um, so I feel like it was a good challenge for myself. Good uh, measuring stick. You know, I felt like I had a a good game in the blocking. Uh, blocking aspect of things but also made a couple plays in the receiving game um but yeah all around just a good um game to kind of show people what what ivy league football is all about that that was a real good game that's one game i watched too i watched that one and i watched the the dartmouth game um because of how dartmouth plays defense and you know and and what you guys faced in that game and then by being yankee stadium was a big game and and all that all that good stuff when you look at um you know, developing your game. And, and we all did it as players. You watch the NFL. Uh, when you're in high school, you watch college and you watch guys that you like and you, okay, I'm going to take this part of his game and try to add it to buying. Who are some of the guys that you're watching now and what parts of, of their game that you're trying to, you know, bring into yours and what you bring to the table? Right. So I, I'd say um, guys in the, in the NFL, especially that I, that I've uh, kept an eye on over the, you know, since I started playing tight end position uh jason witten a guy is a guy that you know still playing that i uh you know love to kind of model my game after a guy that i think um is one of the if not the most balanced tight end i think in the league right now when it comes to blocking and making plays in the uh the passing game over the past you know 15 seasons or so he's a guy that um you know, has, has been there, like I said, for, you know, over, over a decade, um, as an all pro. And that's something I, you know, always kind of took pride in as well as, is being out on the field, being available, being a durable player. And I think that's so hard to do at the, especially at the next level, you know, going over, um, you know, close, to, I guess it's over 15 seasons now for him. So he's definitely, um, a guy that, uh, you know, I'd like to like to watch, like to model my game after and, and would love to have, um, you know, a career like his. Yeah, he's definitely one of the all-time greats. I think he's even more underrated despite being an all-time great. I think people yeah. don't give him enough credit for what he does as a blocker and what he does as a route runner. People see him now and don't remember him at Tennessee and his rookie year when he got into the to the NFL. I thought, you know, I think people really need to go back and, you know, do their research on how good of a player he was in college and also early in, in his career. By talking to you and and getting a good gauge on on you know your passion for the game and how much you love football by how you play, what would you say is the biggest thing about the game you love the most? I really think it's just the the competitive nature of of the game. I think you know just going into um, a game with you know a hundred of her, of your uh, your closest friends, your your brothers, um, it's such a cool feeling. Um, just prepping with guys that are going into you know a battle with the same mindset, same goal in mind, and, you know, all having to work together to achieve this common goal. And just knowing that, you know, you're going to have to be, you know, things are going to get tough. 
you know, guys are going to mess up, but guys are there to pick each other up. It's just the, you know, that, that competitive aspect, kind of competitive nature uh, of the, the team, the group mindset is just such a special thing about football, I believe. Yeah, football is one of those games, man. You just can't, you can't replicate it, you know, and people don't understand that. Like, you can go play pickup basketball. You can play in rec leagues if right. you want to. Football is the only game that once you're done, once you're done, you can't go back in and replicate that. And you ask guys like yourself, guys like myself, you ask, you ask anybody who has played the game what they miss. And, and it is not like the running routes. It's not like the game. It's they miss the teammates and they miss that locker room. Um, yeah. it's, 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 it's so unique that you can't really explain. But, uh, Graham, it's been great talking ball with you. Uh, I, did, you guys had your pro day, right? We did. We had it uh, last Thursday, the the 12th. Thankfully, we able, were able to uh, to squeeze it in before things got too crazy. Um, it was, a, I think, it was a great day for all uh, all the participants. Um, so yeah, definitely grateful that we were able to to get our pro day in. Yeah, because you guys in Mammoth were on the same day, and it was, I think, that was like the final day before everything just kind of got kind of got uh, shut down. Uh, what was right. some of the feedback you got from scouts uh, during that during your performances? Yeah, um, I I definitely got some positive feedback. Um, you know, got I think we had over 20 teams in in attendance, which was um, you know I was told was the the largest pro day um, at, in Princeton's history, which was which was pretty exciting. Um, and you know, got kind of felt like uh, like I was saying, the whole group had a good performance. Guys, uh, you know, doing well in in the drills and then especially in the uh, the throwing session. But you know, scouts. I think we're we're uh, excited to see me out there just moving around like you like we kind of previously discussed. Um, you know, teams see on my film that I'm willing and able to to block, but I think uh, teams wanted to kind of see me move in person, see me make some catches different from different spots on the field, and uh, I felt like I was successful in doing that. We had a good um, throwing script going into uh, to pro day. It was, I felt like I was able to um, you know kind of put out there a, a good. Uh, good example of you know how i can move around the field all different positions um run all kinds of different routes still make make the necessary catches um on top of being a uh a tight end that can can block so i uh, was definitely happy with how it went and um you know definitely grateful that we got to uh that we actually got to have a pro day so yeah yeah and then final question this is a serious question uh we talked we touched on it earlier when we started but um is princeton really tight in you you know, we got to get the, we got to get the answer, man. <laughs> you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about uh, you know, different guys, different leagues being underrated. And I think that, uh, you know, Princeton as tight on you might be, you know, a little, little underrated to the, to the average football fan. But I, I definitely think we, uh, I mean, we have the numbers to, to prove it. We have the, the guys in the league having success and, and I, you know, hopefully I can add to that, that legacy, but I would, uh, you know, I have no, no doubt and no shame in calling Princeton tight end you. So I, I, I definitely think we, we've, we've earned it. <laughs> I like it, man. The math checks out as well. So Graham, uh, as always, man, it's been a pleasure. And where can people follow you on social media to, to keep, a, you know, keep up to speed with what you got going on as you make the move to the NFL? Yeah, so my, uh, my, my Twitter is just, uh, just my full name, at Graham Adamitis. Um, and uh, Instagram is at Graham underscore Adamitis. So pretty simple, but uh, yeah, I'll be, um, you know, I'm excited to see how these next couple weeks go. Um, you know, hopefully everyone, uh, including my, myself and family, stays healthy and everything, but uh, excited to see how these next few weeks end up and, and really looking forward to, 
April 23rd to, to 25th. So, uh, yeah, just, just keep prepping, keep, uh, keep working. Looking forward to it as well, man. I appreciate you taking time, and we wish you the best of luck moving forward. Appreciate it, Emery.